Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome back to the Take for Take podcast. It is Thursday, August 23rd. Welcome to our college football kickoff extravaganza marathon, except whatever the whatever you want to call it. Football is back. We are going to dive balls deep into college ball. Week zero is here, gentlemen. How are we feeling? Absolutely. Uh, Don't get too excited. (laughs) Hey, all honestly, though, this is the best time of year, man. There's nothing better than Saturdays in the fall. Um, It's just, it's phenomenal. So, I I mean, week zero, week one, whatever you want to, you know, coin it, I don't care. There's college football on. Give me San Jose State versus Panera Tech. I don't give a shit. There is football for like six months straight every weekend starting Saturday. Let's fucking go. <laughs> That's music to my ears, buddy. All right. I, uh, we, we survived the long... Uh, the long hiatus. Spring and summer months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Baseball and, pushed us uh, to our we, limits. Yeah. Yeah, couldn't agree more. But we're here, man. We're taking a break from these uh, NFL conference or division previews. And like I said, we're going to get balls deep in some college ball. We are, we're going to highlight... This is going to be a two-parter, okay? We're going to highlight... Um, all Power Five conferences. We may dabble into some uh, mid-major ball at the end. We're gonna do some Heisman talk. We're gonna do some future props, players. St- like we're gonna get into the nitty gritty of each and every conference, Power Five conference. That is, we're gonna talk about some players. We're gonna give about give some teams that we like. We're gonna pick some conference winners, some players of the year. Like we have a whole lot of stuff, and we're super, super, super pumped. And Let's not waste any time. We're going to kick off part one with the ACC. We're going to jump right into it. The ACC Clemson's league, I guess you can call it, for the last eight to ten years probably. Gentlemen, Trent, I'll let you kick things off. Is uh, Dabo Sweeney and uh, company down in Death Valley primed to uh, repeat as conference champions? Yeah, I think we're starting with the uh, worst conference, uh, but that's okay. We're really? gonna build to uh, we're gonna build up to to the big boys. But take a look at this conference. Um, I, I think it is Clemson, and I, and I think it's a pretty chalky pick because um, I just don't like the depth of this conference. Clemson obviously has uh, Cade Clublick coming back um, at quarterback. And I think a big addition that they made was uh, their offensive coordinator grabbing Garrett Riley from TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, that offense last year was putrid. And uh, I know we're, we're, we're um, pretty uh, opinionated on DJ JU. And now he's out of there. They got Cade going. Um, but I really think they're going to air it out, have a lot better, better of an offense moving forward. They're returning basically their whole team. So um, it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a really good team in the ACC. I don't really see anybody to challenge them. To be honest, I'm not a big Florida State fan. Um, you know, despite Jordan Travis at QB, I I, I don't really see um, the the rest of their team really really stepping up in terms of the quality of, of their uh, recruiting, and it just makes me nervous. Uh, the QB is kind of the headliner of the team which I can piggyback on North Carolina for that. I'm really down on North Carolina this year. Um, 
I don't know how you guys feel, but I think it's just the reason they're ranked that as high as they are is because of Drake May. And if they had an average quarterback, I think they're a top 40 team. So all uh, to put to put a to bow on it, I, I think I'm just a little low on this conference, and I think Clemson, with their returning starters, the offensive coordinator Garrett Riley coming over, with stability for somewhat a quarterback with Cade, um, I think they're kind of win this win this conference by default at plus 150. So I'd grab that. Yeah, kind of going off what you just said. Um, Clemson last year, they were. I mean, man, their their air raid offense was, was just not there. They ranked 60th in the country in that category. Um, and we know how TCU's offense was. And we all saw it kind of headlined uh, the whole year last year. Um, they loved to throw the ball. They loved to run up and down the field. And their defense was, I would say their defense was mediocre, but their offense is definitely what kept them in the games. Um, so, yeah, kind of hitting on Clemson some more. I'm not too high on the Tigers this year um obviously Club Nick has shown some sparks last year the two games that he did start um averaged averaged about 340 yards a game they're returning Will Shipley at 15 touchdowns last year um another wide receiver Antonio Williams and they're also returning four of their five offensive linemen so like you said they're returning a lot of their guys that they had last year on that team but that team wasn't that team didn't stand out to me I don't think it stood out to anybody honestly um on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, they're returning eight defensive players as well. So I think they're going to continue to have a top five defense in the country. Um, and they also are bringing back their um, their linebacker duo and Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter Jr. last year, who almost both almost put up 100 tackles each. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not too high on Clemson. We'll kind of hit on some other teams here in a little bit, but I uh, – I'm kind of high on the, the Seminoles, but we'll, we'll get there in a minute. So, yeah, that's my take on yeah, that. Yeah, um, I'm in the same boat as you are, Gage. I'm not – I think this is Clemson's conference to lose. Um, I think it's pretty much a two, two-horse two race in Clemson and um, uh, Florida State. Florida State? Yeah, I mean – So are you not – you're not high on Carolina either? I'm not. I, lo- I really, really like Drake May. I just – they're not – that te- that team as a whole just doesn't – just doesn't really do anything to me and um i mean you guys pretty much touched everything on um clemson gage you you mentioned their defense and a bunch of the guys that they're bringing back in their front seven and that's pretty much been their calling card for really since uh trevor lawrence and etn and all those guys left um you know i mean they pride themselves on stopping the run up front and let the big boys eat and something crazy since, since 2011 clemson is 84 and 2 when allowing 120 or less rushing yards. So that's, like I said, that's their calling card. That's their MO. And I just, I I mean, it it, it all, this team is going to thrive depending on the Cade Klubnik and Garrett Riley um, relationship. You know, it's going to take a while for them to kind of like mesh together in my opinion. But, I mean, Cade Klubnik is a five-star recruit. Obviously, everybody knows how talented he is. But bringing in a new coordinator, setting up an entire new offense, that's a lot for a young kid to learn. So it's interesting to see how quickly he's going to adapt to that. I just – I like Florida State. I really do. I, I, I'm picking – I picked Florida State to win this conference. Um, I think Drake May wins Offensive Player of the Year. 
Um, I just I really really like Drake May. We don't. I mean, we can get into him in a little bit, but I just that Carolina team is abysmal. Like around him, I just mm-hmm. really really like him. But um, the Carolina thing reminds me. It reminds me of uh, Sam Howell, yeah. the year that he was going into his his last year in college, and I think they were ranked around the same where they are now. And you just look at the rest of that team, and you're like, uh, I mean, it, it also turned out Sam Howell wasn't what they thought he was. And, I, and just to be clear, I I think Drake May is a step, a couple steps above Sam Howell. I agree. Prospect, but even so, you know, just because you have an elite quarterback in college doesn't it doesn't mean much. Uh, at least compared to the NFL, right? So, I mean, like Stenson Bennett just won a college football championship. So I think it's less important than it would be in the NFL. So that's why I'm a little down on Carolina. And and um, going back to Clemson really quick, the reason, another reason I like him in this conference is games are all at home. I mean, yeah. they get Florida State at home. They get Carolina at home. They get Notre Dame, obviously not a conference game, but they get Notre Dame at home. So... You know they're probably favored, and and I'm sure we could look this up, but I would imagine they're probably favored in every single game this year. Um, I wouldn't, and I don't even think that I don't even think they're I don't even think they're that like elite of a of team in terms of uh, like if you're looking at the whole college football landscape. But man, in this conference, which, uh, I think we just had some breaking news that they're looking to get a couple more teams from the Pac-12 to join the ACC. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw that. I did. Um, but I just think that they're not going to have much trouble winning this conference. and They might have a couple losses, but, you know, they, yeah, it, I might, mean, it might not take more, yeah, than, they did away, more than two they, or three losses. They did away with the divisions in the ACC, too. So now it's straight, you know, the, the top two teams record-wise are going to play for the conference championship. and. Clemson has won seven of the last eight, the only one being 2021 with Kenny Pickett and uh, Pittsburgh winning that. But, I mean, like I said, I mean, we've said it before, it's a, it's a two-horse race with FSU and Clemson, and I really, I think, I give the edge to Jordan Travis over Kate Klubnick. Just Travis has been there. He's done it. He's a senior. I mean, he was one of the more efficient quarterbacks in the country last year. He, his numbers didn't really jump off the paper. I mean, 3,200 yards, 24 touchdowns, five picks. It's a phenomenal touchdown to uh, interception ratio. But, I mean, his QBR was 85, over 85 and a half. I mean, it was the top tops in the um, conference. And they got, they got a ton of guys coming back, dude. They got 79% of the team's offensive and defensive production coming back for this year. Like, it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, Trey Benson at running back, Keon Coleman, receiver. Keon Coleman's transfer from Michigan State, who – put up better numbers last year than Jaden Reed and Jaden Reed was a second round pick by the Packers so it's I'm not so it's like Keon Cole is gonna be so dominant in the ACC with those defenses Johnny Wilson 897 yards five touchdowns last year both led Florida State or led Florida State in both of those categories he's huge 6'7 240 pound frame like Florida State's got on paper, they got it, man. I mean, they won ten games last year. I'm not. I would not be surprised if they're ten and two, eleven and one, going into the ACC championship game. Yeah, kind of going off of that, Austin. Um, the tough thing about Florida State is they their first four weeks are kind of brutal. They have two cakewalks, and then they also start. Um, they open up play with LSU and Clemson in those first four weeks. So they 
realistically, you'd think they have to split in order to have their college football hopes stay alive um, come the end of the year. They obviously can't afford to drop both of those. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Keon Cole, uh, Johnny Wilson coming back. So that, that duo right there is, is crazy. Um, I also think they have the ACC Defensive Player of the Year with Jared Verse on the end. I, I um, agree. They also are bringing in – they went crazy in the transfer portal this year. They brought in a, a D-tackle from Western Michigan – from Miami, a DN from South Carolina, um, and they're also returning the ACC Defensive Rookie of the Year last year, and Patrick Payton, who finished with five sacks. Which, I mean, you pair him and Verse up on the D line, it's just it's a force to be reckoned with. But yeah, I, I think I would trust Jordan Travis a little bit more in this in this spot as well. They ranked tenth in overall offensive production last year, and you compare that with with Clemson ranking sixtieth in the past. Um, I don't know. It'll be fun. I think the first four weeks are going to tell a lot. I think the first couple of weeks could tell a lot for this team. But yeah, I don't. I don't think kind of moving into the UNC. You guys kind of hit on it, but I think we're all high on Drake May and not so much the team as a whole. Um, but I mean, they did a little bit of they did a little bit of recruiting as well. Brought in Georgia Tech's best receiver and Kent State's best receiver. Shout out the uh, the mid majors that we won't hit on as much here. But yeah, I'm not not too high on the Tar Heels, but. Definitely, uh, I on Drake may have him winning the offensive player of the year as well, Austin. Yeah, the the receivers, Tez Walker, Nate McCollum for Carolina, that you just mentioned, Gage, uh, coming in and replacing Josh Downs. But I just, yeah, that I mean, defense is just so bad. It's man. horrible, dude. It's horrible. I mean, it's, it's, it's just not, yeah, it's just, I mean, be surprised if they have any NFL talent on that defense. I mean, they're going to score. Yeah, 31, 31 points a game last year. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. They're going to score, but they're, so, they're it's going to be a close game every fucking week. They can't stop anybody. That kind of helps Drake May's uh, case when, I mean, this dude has to throw the ball 40, 50, 60 times a game just to right. keep him in it. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, I, I at love least for Opoy, right? Yeah, I got him as my Opoy. And Gage, you, you touched on um, the end for Florida State, Jared Verse, as as your defensive player of the year. I'm also on him as my defensive player of the year. He's just, he's a do, he's the most de- dominant defensive lineman in that in the ACC. I mean, 48 tackles last year, 17 for a loss, 9 sacks in only 12 games. I mean, it's he would have been a top 20 pick. Yeah, if it, he was going to come back for another year for sure. Exactly. And he he finished 4th last year in defensive uh player of the year voting and it's he's an NFL talent just waiting to explode and I think he kind of takes that leap this year into, you know, top 15, top 20 pick, like you just mentioned, Gage. I agree. I think, I think it could be higher. You go top, top five, honestly. I mean, he's a stellar dude. Yeah. Are there any other teams in this conference that stand out to you guys? Because looking at it, man, just um, on paper, everything just did not seem that intriguing. Nothing it's bad, man. It's bad. I mean, Pittsburgh, I, I always trust Narduzzi. Um, so I think Pittsburgh's going to be you know, credible, and they're going to be, a, you know, they're not going to be an easy out. Um, but I agree. Like, uh, I, you guys that say, you know, Florida State, I, I think Clemson wins this fairly easily. I mean, Florida, Florida State, you guys hit on the schedule early. It's just kind of brutal. I, don't, I think they lose that LSU game, and I, I just can't see them going into Clemson uh, and winning that game. So, um, Sounds like you guys are going Florida State for the conference, plus 170. Yeah, I'm on Florida State, plus 170. Same here. 
All right. Well, I'm. I got Clemson. We'll have to tweet. Uh, we'll have to tweet it out. So take for take, take or take underscore. Is that right? Yes, that's that's correct. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't run the Twitter. So. Uh, I mean, in Florida, uh, in Florida State. Team. Yeah, Florida State and Clemson are the only two teams ranked in the the preseason AP poll. If that matters to anybody, so I mean, I'm all, I'm kind of interested to see what Wake Forest does with um, fuck who they just get as their quarterback, because uh, Sam Howe, not Sam Howe, um, Sam Hartman, who was a dog, transferred to um, where Notre, you, Dame. Notre we'll, Dame. We'll get to them. Yeah, he transferred to Notre Dame, so I'm kind of interested to see what Wake Forest does, but nothing else in this conference jumps out to me at all, actually. I do like NC State. Gambling-wise, if you want to look at that, NC State, if they're playing at home, take them because they are a phenomenal home team. It looks like uh, Wake Forest starting uh, quarterback is Mitch Griff. Mitch Griffiths is a redshirt sophomore. Gotcha. Okay. From Virginia. So um, definitely not known there. No. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough to follow Sam Hartman, right? Yeah, I mean, and, uh, that's uh, gonna be that's gonna be interesting to watch him in, in the with the Irish. Yeah, for sure. That dude, that dude's gotta be pushing thirty years old. He's uh his uh, sixth year. He's, wow. He's, you see, you just see. I saw today though. He got an nil deal with Beats by Dre, and he got the entire team headphones and speakers and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty sweet. Yep. What a guy. What a guy. So so if there was a so you guys just don't see a long shot at all. In terms of the, I jump into a gambling perspective here. Um, you know, I'm just going through. Uh, I mean, you could. I, I mean, I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm looking at NC State plus two thousand. If you want, if you want. I mean, jump out. We haven't touched on Miami with, with what they got coming back. I mean, obviously, um, a huge step back for for Van Dyke at quarterback. Well, they were wanting um, that. Uh, the van, it's it's kind of similar to Clemson this year with um, Cade Klubnick and um, Riley, the OC. Like last year, they brought in I forget who their OC what who their OC is. I'm like, but him they are expecting him and Van Dyke to like just connect instantly, and it just never panned out. And that team was just not they weren't bad. They were just weren't anything crazy. They didn't live up to the off to the expectations i just well van dyke was he was horrible like in terms of he was getting touted as a top like a top 15 top 20 nfl pick nfl draft pick and he was he looked unplayable at some point so um and i know mario cristobal took a lot of heat too morgan and he uh, did not deliver a great coaching performance so um it's interesting. I guess those odds. I mean, they they have the, the talent theoretically. You know, they. I don't think they should be substantially behind Louisville in terms of in terms of the odds. So, um, you know, I don't hate them as a flyer at plus two thousand. Yeah, um, Shannon Daw or Shannon Dawson is the OC in Miami. Or yeah, the OC in Miami that I'm thinking of. I just. I mean, you you go you get past Clemson and Florida State, and there's. I, I think just the rest of this conference is just not good. And it's just not it's even... It's bad, man. It's really bad. It's not even worth I don't think, taking a long shot. I don't think there's a top 10 team in this conference. That's just my opinion. I could see like, Florida State I, finishing top 10. I really could. 
I don't think they can. I know you guys are higher on Florida State than me, but um, I think when it's all said and done, I mean, I, they could end in the top 10, sure, but I don't think there is, in terms of just, you know, line them up team by team, say that these teams are outside my top 10. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the conference as a whole is just is abysmal. They're not good. But let's pivot into a conference that I think is poised to make a, a huge leap in terms of talent-wise this year, and that's the Pac-12. Um, obviously, we know about Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, the boys down in uh, Southern Cal. Um, I want I want I want someone else to to take point on this because I have a lot to say about about the Pac-12 and about USC. And who I like to win the Pac-12, so I want someone else to take this before I, uh, before I dive into this. Yeah, you can take it because this I have uh, away, but my favorite, I think my most underrated team is in this conference, and I, I, uh, I like them to make the playoff. I like them to flee at their odds win the national championship. And uh, I like a possible Heisman on their team, so I'm I'm big on this Are, team coming I, up. I think we're thinking about the same the same team trend. Let's say it on three. We, we could be one. All right. One, two, three. Washington. Oregon. <laughs> oh. No. Okay. This is good. This is good. This is good. Make your make your case for Oregon and Bo Nick in Bo Nix right now. Dude, Bo Nix. This has made forty seven starts in his college career chance to get to 60 starts for his college career doesn't that blow your mind that is kind of fucking I mean, this guy crazy. is a seasoned vet uh, you know obviously coming from auburn i think he's I, I was really impressed with him last year man really impressed with him quarterback i think there's a chance that he flies into the top 15 in the nfl draft next year um i think he's gonna get that offense rolling and I'm a big fan of their coach, Dan Lanning, second year. You know, I really like the, what, what he's implemented over there, the direction he's got the program going. Um, you're looking at plus 320 to win at 12, uh, which is second, uh, around the same as Washington, plus 340, but second behind USC at plus 200. I just trust their defense more than USC. Um, I, I don't trust the Lincoln Riley led defense. So I know Oregon got a, got a, basically a whole new secondary and they dipped into um, yeah, the transfer portal a little bit for that. Um, but USC did the same. I trust Oregon's front seven more than USC's. And um, frankly, uh, no, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> I know you would like that take. Well, well, you would like that take. You got to say it now. But uh, uh, I was going to say I trust Bo Nix more than. Uh, Williams. Caleb Williams. I don't. I don't think I can. I don't think I can uh, go that far. But I do. I'm. I'm about as high on Bo Nix as, as you can be, man. So, um, I like this team to win the conference at plus three twenty. I like uh, them to make the playoff. Plus six hundred. Plus eighteen hundred to win the Heisman. I know we're stepping on a lot of things right now, but um, I couldn't be higher on Oregon, man. They they were a really good team last year. After that uh, game one against. Uh, where they uh, decided not to show up. Essentially played like a top five team until Bonex got banged up in the, uh, I believe it was the Washington or the Oregon State game last year. Um, Washington? 
because Plus. then, yeah, they, they blew that game. They gave up 10 points the last three minutes of the game. Yeah. And then two weeks yeah. later, that's when they, they fell to Oregon State. So, I mean, I'm, I'm high on Oregon. Yeah, I mean, I'm high on Oregon, too. I think we can all have faith in Bo Nix just because he's been here for so long doing this thing. And um, I think last year for Oregon fans, it, it was more so like a, like a what-if season. Like, what if Bo Nix didn't get hurt? Like, where would they have ended up? Um after squandering those two losses down the road. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're returning quite a few players as well. They're returning their running back. I mean, both of their running backs, that duo last year, I mean, they combined from with 2,000 yards. Um, and they also acquired Alabama's receiver, Sean Holden, Taz Johnson from Troy University, and um, a couple offensive linemen in the portal as well. So they also have a new... Um, coordinator from UTSA shout out the Roadrunners um, and this is a little quote from him that I saw that I kind of liked it says offensively our job is to get our best players the ball as many times as possible um, plays are highly overrated and it's all about the players here at Oregon we have unbelievable players so I mean hearing that as one of the better one of the players on the offense side of the ball who knows you like knows you can get it done. I mean, it's got to feel good to hear that, knowing that you're going to get the ball more, more so than not. Um, yeah, not about the X's and O's, about the Jims and Joes, as they say. Oh yeah, they do say that, don't they, Trent? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so bringing that one out the out the toolbox, huh? So Gage, yes, so sir. Gage, you're backing, uh, you're backing Trent here with the with Oregon and Bo Nix. No, I'm not. I think I know. No, no, no. I <laughs> okay. think I think his take is I think his take is very valid. I think okay. Oregon is a very good uh, a good like I don't want to call it a long shot, but I mean outside the first um, outside of USC, who I'm on actually, just because I'm so high on Caleb Williams um, and that team and transfer transfer portals acquirements. What's the right word? Acquisitions that they made this off season. Um, I don't know. I trust. I trust Caleb Williams a little bit more than Bo Nix in this upcoming year. But okay, yeah, this is good. This is good because I'm on Washington. I'm all over Washington this year in the Pac-12. Um, and Trent, kind of like you are with Oregon, I'm on Washington to not only win the Pac-12, but to make a playoff push. I believe Michael Penix will be one of the four finalists sitting in New York waiting to hear his name called for a Heisman Trophy, uh, which is crazy to think because as Ohio State guys, we watched Penix for two or three years in Indiana, and it was not good. It just wasn't good. And It wasn't. It wasn't a, a, except the uh, last game where he played at Ohio State and threw like five touchdowns, yeah. if you remember that game. Yeah. But um, – uh, I, I, but yeah, he, he always looks kind of inaccurate and clunky, and, and that might be like a left hand thing too. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean he's he's proved tremendously since he's gotten over to the to Washington yeah. for sure. And before before I talk so much about why I like Washington, I want to talk about why I don't. I'm not high on USC. I I'm not the biggest Caleb Williams guy. Williams guy. He is. A phenomenal high or a college quarterback. He won the Heisman last year. You can't take that away from him. The numbers he put up are crazy. I'm just not high on him in the sense that I don't think he's going to be anything ridiculous in the NFL. I mean, it's unfair to a kid when you win the Heisman and you put up the video games numbers, video game numbers he did. People instantly assume, okay, this kid's going to be 
you know, the dude once he makes it to the league. Or this guy is a guaranteed, surefire, needs to be the number one pick. And I'm just, it's unfair, but I'm just not in that boat with Caleb Williams. Um, like, if I mean, if you compare numbers with him and Michael Penix, I mean, yards-wise, Penix has him. Touchdown, it's, 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 it's a lot closer than what people think. But with USC, they lose Travis Dye, their starting running back. He's now a Jet. You lose Jordan Addison. He's a second-round pick with the Vikings right now. You still have some solid playmakers on the offense. You got Austin Jones, Taj Washington, or Austin Jones at running back, Taj Washington, and Mario Williams at receiver, the number two, uh, two and three receivers behind Addison last year. And their defense is fucking atrocious. They did have the highest turnover ratio in college football last year so that was really the only bright spot for them engage you touched on them making some kind of moves in the uh, transfer portal they brought in mason cobb who's a linebacker out of uh, oklahoma state had just rough or not roughly he had almost 100 tackles in two years in stillwater brought in kyron bars is a fifth year d tackle out of arizona 102 tackles he's going to plug right into the middle of that defensive line and you bring guy back like Kalen Bullock, their safety last year, who had five picks, which was most on the team. I mean, they're making the right moves on paper, but like they were fucking horrible, dude. Like they were. Abysmal. Yeah, they're they're still starting Bryson Shaw. Yeah. Back there, and like, unfortunately for, for us Buckeye Buckeye fans, we know too much about Bryson Shaw. Yes. And uh, he's very he's very he can't he couldn't play in Big Ten. No. Let's just call it what it was. He he couldn't. So, um, you know. That can that can fly in the Pac-12 with their their weak secondaries, um, but he couldn't play in the Big Ten, and he was watching Ohio State. He was it was like a uh, uh, what's the analogy where uh, he stuck out like a sore thumb uh, yeah. on that defense. So um, yeah, man, I just don't I just don't trust Lincoln Riley to have a good defense when has he ever had a good defense in his career he hasn't he prides himself on offense and i give him credit his offenses year in and year out are fucking phenomenal, phenomenal. but yeah, sure. like they they're lucky that they had Caleb williams last year because they scored 41 and a half points a game but they gave up 30 like they were 94th in the country last year in scoring defense like and that's with tremendous uh turnover luck yeah, um, that, I don't the have best the numbers ter- in front of me, but, but I think they recovered like their first, first like fifteen or twenty fumbles throughout the year. They recovered every single one, whether it was their fumble or the opponent fumble. They and had, they had a, a shit ton of interceptions early in the year too. So they their turnover um, differential was was it's due for regression for sure. It was the best in the country last year. They they had uh, they rec- they they had ten fumble recoveries. And 19 interceptions, like they they, they forced 29, that, they forced 29 turnovers. All, yeah, all that while being ranked national or nationally being ranked 94th in the country in defensive uh, efficiency. They gave up almost 30 points a game. It's crazy. <laughs> and, and they, they were, brought back the same DC. And they were 124th in first downs allowed, and they were 109th in third down defense. Teams were who, teams were almost getting third downs on 45% of snaps. Like, that's insane. You know what offense had the number one rank third down um, third down rate was? What was it? Third down success rate? Yeah, it was Washington. 
Yeah, then that that's a perfect pivot gauge because I, I don't want to talk about this USC team much longer. Other than the fact that this Kyron Bars kid from Arizona and Mason Cobb from Oklahoma State are two good transfers because they gave up 200 yards rushing four times last year, which was including 300 yards to Tulane in the uh, Cotton Bowl. Washington. Why I am so high on Washington. I just talked about Michael Penix. Okay, he, he, let me see here. Michael Penix. 4,600 passing yards last year, second in the country. 31 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 151 uh, quarterback rating. He would have been Pac-12 player to year given Caleb Williams' Heis, uh, Heisman season. They have 2,000-yard receivers coming back. Right, Roma Dunze, 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns, 15 yards per reception. Jalen McMillan, 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns, 14 yards per reception. Yeah, Dunze is probably a top five receiver in college he, football. Yeah, he's he, really good. He's in, he's insane. Um, you lose. They lost. Washington lost their top running back, but they have Cam. In terms of yards, Cam Cameron Davis uh, had 13 yards on the ground or 13 touchdowns on the ground last year. He's coming back. And Kalen DeBoer, I'm probably butchering his last name. Their head coach was the uh, OC at Indiana when Michael Penix was there. We touched on that. He was the head coach at Fresno State before he took the job at Washington before last season. In 2021, the season before he came to Washington, Washington was 114th in the country in passing efficiency. Passing like They were the 114th passing team in America. He comes in first season, Michael Penix instantly, second overall team in the country in terms of passing. I'm sorry, the best passing offense in the country, second overall offense behind Tennessee. They won 11 games. They beat Texas in the Alamo Bowl. Most wins since 2016. And since 1984, which is almost 40 years ago, they only, they've only they only won 11 games five times, including last year. And they finished eighth in the playoff poll. 40 points a game. Their defense was in the top 60. I mean, they gave up 370 yards per game, but they're averaging over 400. I mean, that defense is better than teams like USC's, Oregon, um, Tennessee, like, like this team is poised to do insane things this year. Like, this team is really, really fucking good. They don't play USC or Utah this year, which is a huge plus for them. Or, I'm sorry, they didn't play, they didn't play them last year. They didn't play them last year. I apologize. Bro, look, they, they really quick, they have a tough stretch. They do. Yeah. They go at USC, Utah, at Oregon State. In, th- in three consecutive weeks, um, that is a brutal stretch. So if they can somehow get through that, you might as well just crown them Pac-12 champs at that point. But that is going to be a tough stretch to get through, man. We haven't even touched on Utah yet. Not to step on, you have more with Washington. No, you're good. I, no, no, no um, it's it's good. I I really like Washington. They're my pick to win the Pac-12. But you're right. Utah is, or they do have a t- a tough stretch there middle of the year. But Utah. I feel like Cam Rising has been there for 20 years. He has been, and, and we're kind of, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard anything, but we're kind of in the dark with him if he's going to be good to go. Right. Because um, they play a week from, um, when you guys hear this pod, play a week from uh, Thursday. So that is going to be um, a huge game against Florida. You guys saw that line. 
Uh, originally, I believe it was up at seven and a half. Now down to four and a half. In favor of who? Utah. Really? Utah at home. Okay. And I think it's because because they're not sure if Cam Rising is going to play coming off that injury. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I, I always have love for Utah. Um, Woodingham, Kyle Woodingham, tremendous coach. He's, a hell um, he's always going to get the boys in line. Uh, the Pac-12, man, they, they, like, you know, obviously I have a huge, uh, you know, I'm going all in on Oregon this year, but they, they have some, even from the ACC to the Pac-12, it's a lot deeper of a conference. And I think someone like Utah, even at plus 550, uh, is, in, is a solid flyer. If you think they can get through that first, that first stretch of games, which is uh, pretty brutal, especially with, with Cam Rising coming off an injury, um, I'm pulling up their schedule right now, but um, yeah, for those yeah, so they he tore his ACL in the Rose Bowl last year. Is this injury that we're talking about? That we there's conflicting reports that saying that he's good, saying that he looks healthy and strong during camps, and now it's kind of we're kind of backtracking on that. So no one really knows. And give Utah credit, you know they're not like this these these you know too good for you know D one teams. SEC schools that are playing South Tennessee State week one stuff. They're going Florida week one at Baylor week two. Yeah, you know those are two Power Five uh, out outside of conference games right off the bat. Sure, they would have loved to start with you know a couple cupcakes to ease in Cam Rising, but um, you know they got two big games right away. Then UCLA uh, a week after that, and or at Oregon State. Um, so that's a tough stretch, and, they, and then they get ca- at USC and Oregon. Yeah, that, that is a tough schedule, man. At Washington later in the year. Yeah, it, it's it's a tough schedule, and this is the Pac-12 is. I don't think there's an undefeated team that comes out of the Pac-12. I think um, when I mentioned Washington makes the playoff, I, I think they get in with one loss, and they end up as that. Um, conference champion one loss they're in that discussion for the three or four seed but i think i think that the pac-12 is easily and it's kind of sad because um, obviously everything i don't know if we're going to touch on the realignment with everything that went on the last couple weeks but i think i would say the pac-12 is pretty comfortably the third best in college football yeah uh, so it, it is kind of uh, upsetting that we're not going to have a conference named the Pac-12 anymore after this year, but um, I've always liked watching Pac-12 football, and um, they have some some really good teams, really good quarterbacks in this conference. By far the best uh, quarterback conference. Um, I mean, Cam Rising is probably your your third best quarterback, and you know he'd be the best quarterback in the. Uh, He's been there the longest. And the yeah, I mean, he might be the best quarterback in the. You know, depending how you feel about um, Quinn Ewers, he might be the best quarterback in the Big Twelve. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I had to watch this this conference, and we haven't even touched touched on Oregon State, who I think um, could make a push at plus twelve hundred. when the when the conference just because of their talent, um, they're a really really well coached team, and obviously with with DJU coming in, who I'm not high on, I'm but not high on I don't all. think anyone. <laughs> I think I think Clemson's offensive uh, situation last year was a good show. Um, 
So that's why I'm a little higher on Clemson too. Going back to that, is I think they're I think they're going to figure out the offensive side of the ball, and I don't think there was a lot of quarterbacks that would have success. Scheme, it was just very vanilla. So, voted um, conference, man. Yeah, and so we're all on we're all on a different team here, right? We are. I like that. I like that. Who do you guys? Uh, Austin, I'll ask you because you have. Um, O point deploy players for the for each conference. Who who do you have in this one going forward? Yeah, so I got Michael Penix. I think it's a clean sweep for Washington. I think Washington wins wins the uh, wins the conference. I like Michael Penix to win conf- or offensive player of the year and represent the Pac twelve in the Heisman finalist. And I like uh, Braylon Trice, Washington's D end to win defensive player of the year in the conference. Led the nation last year in quarterback pressures with seventy, and he had 10, 10 sacks last year. And he, he's poised to have a huge year. He's pushing to become a, a mid to late first round pick. And he, I, yeah, I mean, he's, he's dominant. Yeah, I, uh, I'll go, I'll go clean sleep with USC and Caleb Williams, obviously. Um, throwing over 4,500 yards and 42 touchdowns and five picks last year. Unheard of numbers. Yeah. Um, also ran for almost 400 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, Comparing last year's number to this year's number, I don't think they're going to be as good this year only because I'm hoping the defense takes a step up this year and um, he won't have to sling the ball as much as he had to as as much as he had to last year. Um, and I'm also going to go with the safety out of USC, Kalen Bullock, to win uh, Defensive Player of the Year. He's more he's more so like a like a nickel, but they they list him as a safety. Um, plays all around the field. I think he should he'll be a top twenty pick next year in the draft. Um, six three hundred eighty pounds, fifty tackles last year, five picks, and five uh, broken up passes. But he's one of those players who, like his presence, just felt all all game long. Whether he's making plays on the ball, off the ball, whether he's picking balls off or deflecting balls or forcing fumbles, anything like that. But he's also forced to be reckoned with. And um, I kind of like how we're all on on separate teams for once. It kind of seems like we usually agree for the most part, and it's nice <laughs> to. Uh, to have some some riptides going against one another so yeah and and before we move on trent kind of your point with oregon state and dju i like oregon state i think they're an interesting football club because i think they are a really good quarterback away from taking that next step and can in terms of competing for a pac-12 championship i mean jonathan i mean john smith has done nothing but good things since taking over that program i mean they were 10 and 3 last year i think I'm pretty sure they beat um, Oregon, and then they beat Florida in the uh, in their bowl game. But it's they got one of the oldest and most veteran offensive lines in the country. I mean, they got a veteran veteran backfield. Damian Martinez is coming back. I think he had or he had right about a thousand yards. It just I think they're a really good quarterback away from from being a really good team. And I don't know if DJU can 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 be that guy for them. I just I don't think he can. Yeah, man, and, and that's a tough place to play up there. Um, I remember last year they almost took down USC. They had USC uh, and Caleb Williams basically shut down for the yeah. majority of the game until like the last uh, half of the fourth quarter where they they rallied and got the win. But um, Corvallis is tough, Smith, man. I don't know if you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, and they have a really good coach with Jonathan Smith. I don't know if you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, but he, he's. Uh, He's definitely, you know, ascending collegiate coach for sure. 
Yeah, what before we before we pivot away from the Pac-12? I know we just gave our picks, but what are what are our thoughts on Colorado and Dion in prime time? Like, or do we have any expectations for them? Do we like what what are our thoughts? Yes, I expect them to get absolutely ran through by TCU, <laughs> and then I am praying that everyone please come back down to earth about this team and. Um, realize that all the hype is not real. I think obviously Dion and Son are going to make some noise there, and that's why they're getting the publicity that they are. But I, I mean, you still got to look at all the other players on the roster. Like who who are you got? You know, well, I mean, like obviously they brought in some really good transfer acquisitions and stuff like that. But like, let's be honest, I think this team's going to lose by thirty against TCU, and everyone's going to kind of come back down to earth. Yeah, I mean they they still got a. Go, go ahead, Austin, because I, I was just going to say, I think I have the the opposite take there, where it's like, I think they're going to hang with TCU. Um, I'm, frankly, I think TCU is a little uh, overinflated based on their their championship run last year. I think it's a little fluky looking back at it. So I don't know if they're really the 17th team in the country, especially after... Um, Losing, uh, why can't I think of the quarterback's name last year? For who, uh, Max Duggan? He's, yeah, Duggan. Yeah, I think I think we don't realize how much Duggan really did it for that team. So, um, I expect them to take a pretty, pretty substantial step back. And I think, I know it does have a lot of talent. I think their problem is their, their depth is going to be the issue, which is going to hurt them as the season progresses. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I, that's kind of what I was hitting on. Like, obviously, they have good starters and whatnot, but like, one guy goes down, who no one's gonna know who this backup is. That's gonna have exactly. to step up. Exactly. They're so, they're so thin. Because of that, I think catching TCU with the first game of the year, I think that talent can show and hang in that game. But I think yeah. as the season season goes on, I could see them getting uh, have you know whipped around in the Pac-12. So. Yeah, I my their team. win total is like three and a half. The, I don't year, or like four and a half. I think I'm pretty sure it's three and a half. I don't see them winning a lot of games. I see them competing in a lot of games. You know, I think they they hang around for a while, and then fourth quarter rolls around and teams start to pull away because they did a huge, uh, uh, like shift in terms of getting guys players out, bringing transfers in. But like we can't forget that this team was argu- was arguably one of the worst defenses in college football like history last year. I mean, they gave up forty five points a game. They were worst against the run. Their secondary is abysmal. Like they they are not good. But I I do think. I mean, I I like the, the uh, addition of Travis Hunter. I think he's arguably one of the best players overall in college football. Um, I just I really like what they have built for the future. But uh let's pivot. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. I don't I, I like I like prime time and I like all I like Shador Sanders uh Shador Sanders. I like the future for Colorado. Yeah, I mean another elite quarterback at, in that conference. Exactly. Right. So But let's uh, let's move on. It's gonna be fun to see. Yes, let's move on, speaking of quarterbacks to a quarterback battle in one of the tougher 
conferences, tougher divisions, honestly, in college football. Let's move up to Columbus. Let's talk about the Big Ten a little bit. We'll start with Ohio State. Get that out of the way. Okay. Kyle McCord or Devin Brown. It's probably going to be Kyle McCord. I hope it's Kyle McCord. We we have we have to agree right now as a as a trio. We're gonna spend some time on Ohio State, but we have to talk about some of these other teams in the Big Ten. Let's talk about that team up north. Let's do it. Just get them out of the way. Just just. Wait, you don't want to start with Ohio State? Nails on the. No, tr- let's let's start with Michigan. Let, let, let's let's put the nail in the coffin at the end with Ohio State. Nails on the chalkboard off the bat, huh? Let's All right. So, Let's talk about the Wolverines. Jim Harbaugh, his sus- suspended first three games of the year for his, what was it, level one recruiting infraction or something. Uh, the NCAA kind of just said, oh, it's no big deal. And Michigan was like, okay, we're going to give him a three-game suspension because we we want to. And we... Just, just, just <laughs> horrible behavior from Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I am throwing up and puking yeah. and pissing and shitting all over the place. I can't believe he did this. Can't believe he's going to admit. Can't believe gave- Recruits pizza or something? He bought him pizza? Uh, I don't fucking know what it was. Don't even say it. It's it's so it's, it's so horrible. horrible. I don't want to hear. He, it. He, I mean, and God forbid, he's got to miss. Stand for life. He's gonna miss ECU and UNLV and Bowling Green. I don't know what they're gonna do without him on the sidelines. I just I don't know how they're gonna be able to manage. But Michigan is oh, pretty Michigan. fucking good. <laughs> yeah. I hate I hate I to say, fu- let, I, let, all all bullshit aside, like. They are yes, Michigan is good. They're, they're a good, good the first, football team. Yeah, the first note, the first word I have on my uh, on my notes for Michigan just loaded. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> they're really good, man. And but it turns out Harbaugh can coach a little bit. Yeah, I mean, just a little bit. I mean, they got the best one-two punch um, in terms of uh, the running game in the entire country. I mean, Donovan Edwards could go. Yeah. I think they're two top five running backs in, in college football. They have both of them. So yeah, Donovan Edwards could go start for any other 131 teams or whatever it is. And then you add Blake Corum, like they 200 200 or 2,400 yards last year combined and 25 touchdowns is unbelievable. They obviously led the Big Ten with Blake Corum. Yeah, with Blake Corum getting hurt late in the year. Yeah, he missed um, the Big Ten championship and the. Uh, uh, semi TCU, the, game. TCU game. Yes, thank you. I have Blake Corum actually as one of my Heisman finalists for 2023. I just I, the guy's really fucking good, really fucking good. I think he had 18 touchdowns or something before he went down last year. Um, 1500 yards. Yeah, 15. I mean, he was on pace. I, I just yeah. I mean, the guy's really fucking good. Their defense is really good. They got top 10 um, nationally ranked defense. They they stopped the run really 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 well. Their back four is solid. JJ McCarthy. I'm not huge. Okay, I'm not huge on JJ McCarthy. I think JJ McCarthy is a good enough quarterback to win you certain games. But I'm not sure how much you can rely on him. But I think that they're in a position that that's okay because of how well they run the ball and how well they or how good their offensive yeah. line is. Like they don't need. J.J. McCarthy to go out and throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns. Like, he can be – they can get away with him throwing for 250 and two touchdowns, and that one interception can get erased by those 270 rushing yards. 
Yeah, the thing I mean, the thing is with him, he he's he's a mid quarterback. I mean, they they call him the number one uh, signal caller um, in the country. Um, but yeah, their their wide receivers. I mean, Cornelius Johnson was their best receiver last year, and he had 32 catches for 450 yards and six touchdowns. Obviously, yeah. they're bringing him back. Bringing and, Roman uh, Wilson back. They have a true freshman. They have a true freshman tight end named Colston Loveland. Um, they're comparing him to a Jake Butt, and we all know how good Jake Butt was there in Michigan. But like you said, Austin, their their defense and their run game, which screams Big Ten, if we're being honest, hundred um, percent keeps them in the game. I mean, they they their defense gave up sixteen points a game last year, and that those I mean, their defense honestly probably won them. I would say six, seven, eight of their games last year alone. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're ranked six nationally in total defense. So I think, I mean, they're going to be scary. I'm not looking forward to playing them. I am looking forward to playing them because it's huge revenge spot and all that stuff. Like in terms of comparison wise, um, I mean, that's obviously Ohio State's toughest opponent on paper and whatnot. But it'll be it'll be interesting. They're they're going to be so good. They're going to yeah. be so good. Yeah, they're going to be really. They're going to be. They're going to be really good at what they do, man. And and they probably have the best uh, interior lineman in college football um, with uh, Zach Center. Um, and, I mean, you know, you guys kind of mentioned it. If there was one hole to poke in the team, their passing attack, which is going to be good, but it's, it's not going to be – it's – this is my question with Michigan and like if they can compete for like a national championship. I just don't know if that passing attack, unless JJ McCarthy takes a leap. Um, I don't know if it's going to be uh, good enough to, you know, win two college football playoff games. Maybe, but you know, and maybe maybe it doesn't matter. Like maybe they can just run the ball so well, and they can play defense so well, it doesn't matter. But I think it will matter at the end, and it'll be interesting to see if they can if they can improve that passing game quite a bit. But the good news for them, here are their first, uh, I think, eight games, maybe nine games. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue. <laughs> Those are the, that's their first two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. You know, pencil them in for nine and zero. Yeah, um, and then they and then they end with a tough stretch, right? At Penn State, at Maryland, uh, and then Ohio State, obviously. So, and you know what? You know what else pisses me off about their schedule is they get at Penn State, but it's a noon game. They don't even they don't even get the the night game. The whiteout, yeah. Valley, the white they get out. the so big that, noon like, kickoff. Get big noon. So Fox Fox, give them a lifeline there because that if they. But I still might be. I still might pick him to lose that game. But if that game was going to be in, I I, th- I don't think they're winning that game in Happy Valley. And I'm pretty high on Penn State this year. We can transition now. But um. But man, that those first nine games, like they don't even have to show up. Nah, it's it's a joke. Go ahead, Trent. Take talk about Penn State. I I'm not I'm yeah, not man. really fascinated by them too much, to be honest. Really, really. I mean, Penn I don't State, think they're gonna be bad. Uh, I don't think they're gonna be bad. I just, I guess. Like, high up Penn State. That surprises me, man, because they have a lot of talent. I think this is. The, I think this might be the best Penn State team ever. 
Holy shit. Really? Really? After the 513, God has left finally? What are they going to do? What are they going to do without Big Red and Sean Clifford? Where'd he go? Didn't, didn't he get drafted by Green Bay? 513 God to a 330 God. Drew Aller out of Medina, uh, about 15 minutes from my hometown, Wadsworth, Ohio. Shout out to Wadsworth, Ohio. Um, five star recruit, their highest rated recruit ever at quarterback. Um, you know, I've seen him play, obviously, just from being in our, my backyard uh, where I was growing up. And uh, he's the real deal, man. He's got a great arm. He's big. He can move. Um, so, you know, obviously, redshirt sophomore. Or, I'm sorry, he's a true sophomore, I believe. I'm sad for a year behind your boy, Gage. So, um, I think I think if he hits the ground running, have a top five pick at left tackle. Like, pencil him in. He's going to be a top yeah. five pick in the NFL draft. Chop Robinson off the edge. Yeah, he's a stud. Maybe the best, maybe the best edge rusher uh, in the Big Ten. Maybe, you know, outside of uh, from LSU, maybe in the country. Yeah. So, uh, Trent, who who's your boy throwing to though? That's the real thing. That those are some some questions. They did get Dante Sivas from uh, from Kent State. A lot of mm. Kent State transfers coming in. Um, so. You know he he should bolster their team a little bit. He had a big year at Penn State or Kent State last year. Well, Kent State to Penn State of that. Trent, you'll um, like this. Uh, Chop Davis had was rated the um, Chop Robinson. Chop Robinson. I'm sorry, was the number one rated PFF pass rusher last year. Yeah, I mean he's legit, man. He's um, obviously they lost uh, Joey Porter, but they have uh, seniors stepping in at corner. Um, Kalen King's they, uh, really good too. Yep, yep. So uh, it should be uh, it should be a really good team, and we haven't even talked touched on the their running back duo, um, which is tremendous. Singleton uh, has a chance to be uh, maybe the the best. I wouldn't say the best in the Big Ten because Michigan, but they're going to have a really good ground attack that's going to help Drew Aller get accustomed to to playing in the Big Ten. And um, I'm just saying it right now. I think they beat Michigan. I don't care that it's a noon game. I think they're going to beat Michigan. Wow. Um, and he... I think I think they sneak into the playoff. Really? I do. I mean, this is their best chance to do it, man. I agree. The, I I do love their run game. Um, and like you said, their their left tackle. I don't even want to try to butcher his name, but his last name is Fashanu. Um, yeah, I didn't want. To I mean, yeah. <laughs> And they're also uh, returning five of their linemen who started at least at least five games last year. So they're they're stacked up front. Um, outside of their their one star D end, their D line isn't that good. I mean, they're really small on paper, um, but I don't have much on Penn State. I'm not really super super high on them. But yeah, Austin, if you have anything else, no, I mean you ahead. guys hit it. I mean I think they're going to be good, but nothing, nothing. I mean I don't like it's. If Drew Aller can show me that, you know, he's the next big thing, then sure, you know, I'll, I'll buy in a little bit. But, like, I don't – he's not throwing it to anybody. You, met, you touched on it, Gage. Like, Parker Washington isn't there anymore. Uh, Mitchell Tinsley isn't there anymore. They're t- top two receivers from last year. It's But it's like – like, defense. their defense is always good. Defense has always been really, really good for Penn State. I just – I don't know. I mean, I'm not ridiculous on them. Or ridiculously high on them, and it's and it's unfortunate because 
they play in um, the Big Ten East, where it's Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. You know, if they were in the Big Ten West, they would fucking dominate. But they're not. And um, yeah, I think the Big Ten East is that, and I'm obviously it looks like I'm higher on Penn State than you guys are, but I think the Big Ten East is the best division in football. I agree. A wide margin. I mean, um, I just think those three teams are possibly top five teams, and. Penn State's schedule, man. I mean, they, they have to go to Ohio State, but outside of that, they get Iowa at home. Uh, they get Michigan at home, like I mentioned. And, you know, not much not much trouble outside of that. So they, uh, there's a scenario where Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State all 11-1. Make the playoff. <laughs> and, well... <laughs> The, well, the problem is because the Big Ten does divisions. Still, if they don't take the top two conference in the conference, they have to do the East and the West, which they're getting rid of next year. Thank God. But it's going to screw one of those or two of those teams, right? And where it's kind of like a three-way tie where each team loses to the other team, um, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think. Those are three elite elite teams, and yeah, like the like you said, the Penn State has elite NFL talent, and I think Drew Aller has the chance to be um, the next big thing. Huh? Conference. What's crazy is before we move on to that uh, third um, Big Ten East team, Drew. Uh, this is the first quarterback other than Sean Clifford since 2018 for Penn State, which is only five years ago, but that feels like it was a decade ago. Um, Shout out to, to Sean Clifford though. He was kind of he was kind of slinging around. In he the, was nice in the preseason a little bit. Yeah, uh, he's uh, uh, Green Bay now, ain't he? Yeah, Green Bay. He might be taking that starting job. Yeah. I don't know. We haven't touched on the NFC. Uh, NFC North yet. Yeah, stay tuned. You never know. You're a Jordan Love guy. But uh, yeah, let's do it, Gagers. I'll let you uh, take the rain. I'm sitting here looking at my uh, OSU posters and my OSU uh, driver cover, but. Uh, Go ahead, bro. I mean, I think kick us, all, kick us off. Yeah, I, I think, I think we're all gonna kind of harp on the same points here. But I mean, outside of CJ Stroud and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I don't know if you guys saw the news about him, but he's actually having to have surgery on his wrist. Um, hopefully, they're reporting yeah. he'll be back week one, but we'll see about that. Yeah, um, I saw that. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, a few defensive players like this. This team is still absolutely loaded. Like it's stacked to the point where who's going to beat them you know what i mean i don't i don't see them losing the game all year up into the playoffs maybe but i mean they're let's see i think jim Knowles on the defense side of the ball is continuing to take leaps forward um i think the offensive line i think is obviously another question mark as it was last year um it's obviously a work in progress in this during the spring I think going into the fall, it's going to still kind of remain a question mark for this team. Um, I mean, obviously we know about Travion Henderson and big boy, Myron, Myron Williams. Another five um, Cincinnati product. Both, yeah, I think both of those guys complement each other uh, at, j- just perfectly. Like you got Travion Henderson who can give you that, that spark, that 60-yard run, and then Myron Williams would come in when it's, when it's fourth and goal on the one-yard line and punch it in. Yeah, and we all know about Marvin Harrison. That's that's my uh, – we didn't really hit on offensive player of the year for the SEC, did we? 
we have, do the we have done the SEC yet, yeah, brother. Yeah, chalk that, chalk that. Um, but yeah, Marvin Harrison's mine for the offensive player of the year. For yeah, this, I, for I, this I, conference I, easily. I agree. Um, so I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to take the rain on on everything about this team. I can go on and on, but I'll let one yeah, of you guys take over. Yeah, you mentioned. Um, uh, we can. Go ahead. I said we could bounce things off each other. Yeah, here, I just want to touch on. Of... I just want to touch on the the wide receiver room and how it's the best in America. And it's one of the best yeah. wide receiver room. Not even like the duo, like Abuka and Harrison, obviously the best duo in the country. But like, not not they're not the best duo. Like they have the best wide receiver room, like in America. Like Julian Fleming. I mean, what Julian Fleming? What year is it, man? Yeah, Every year. Julian Fleming is a five star recruit who's the third wide receiver on that team who is kind of in the same boat as Jamison Williams was the last few years with Garrett Wilson and Olave and all those guys where he's so good and he scores a touchdown in like a random week eight game and it's like oh yeah we do we do have him don't we and it's like you got guys like Xavier Johnson shout out Cincinnati uh the Blocko recipient for this year like like he's he's an X factor, no pun intended, at receiver. They got five stars, Brandon Ennis, who's a true freshman this year. He's probably not going to see much time. You got four stars, Cornell Tate, Noah Rogers, also not going to see much time. Like it's it's it is insane that Cornell Tate. He's a stud. Remember that name. Remember that name. I might. I, I think he's going to make an impact this year, man. Like it's crazy how fucking deep this team is on offense. Like it is ridiculous. Gage, you touched on Henderson and Williams and. Quorum and um, Edwards, don't get me wrong. They're the best running back duo in America, best one in the Big Ten. But I would be, outside of them, I'd put Henderson and Mayan Williams, when healthy, up with any other duo in America. Like They, they complement each other so fucking good. And I, you guys, um, you guys obviously touched on a lot of the things about this team. And um, I'm going to touch on one more thing that I love. But I think there are some negatives, and I think we should bring it up yes. as uh, unbiased Ohio State fans, you know, as we are. That's of no course, question. Non, non-biased, um, no, no bias. No bias at all here. None. However, uh, this team is going to be weird to hear because it hasn't really been the case lately, but I think this team is going to have an elite defense. I agree. You, like you a took... very, very good defense with uh, JT Tumiolidao. JT Um He's going to be really good. Jack Sawyer, a five-star, uh, coming into his junior year. Um, I think he'd be playing at a lot of different teams, and he's kind of just finally getting his opportunity this year to fully represent a starter. Michael Hall, a defensive tackle. Uh, Dog. Elite. I think their secondary has a chance to be very strong. Josh Proctor uh, is back again. Uh, I feel like he's been there forever, but uh, Sonny Styles, a five-star, coming in. Yeah, Lathan uh, Ransom, Denzel, Bur- Denzel Burke, like, talents there. Right? Yeah, Steel Chambers, Steel uh, Chambers. Tommy Eichenberg, who is uh, Dog. an elite, yeah, an elite, elite linebacker. Butkus won't um, this year, dog. Fun yeah, f- so fun they're, f- they're loaded on defense, and I think Jim Knowles, in his second year, is going to uh, – Put a stamp on this team, and I think their defense is going to be really, really good. Um, yeah, it's funny. This is where the go, go ahead, go ahead, because I was going to say something, but uh, no, go I for was it. Gonna, I was, I was going to swing to the negative. 
Go for it. I was, I was just going to show love to Tommy Eichenberg and how he technically put up better numbers last year than um, uh, the Jack, I forget his last name, the kid from Iowa who won the Butt Kiss Award. He put better numbers up than him last year. But yeah. Yeah, We all love Tommy Eichenberg here. But uh, I think I feel better about their defense than their offense. And that's something I thought I would never say Jack during Campbell, the Ryan Day era. And, uh, you know, everyone says, you know, just trust Ryan Day. He's going to deliver a great offense no matter what. But I do worry about uh, engagements in the offensive line. Um, I worry about the offensive line. Um, and then I, w- I do worry about the quarterback situation. Um, it sounds like you're your team, Kyle McCord, over there, Austin. I am, yeah. But, but I think it's concerning that he hasn't taken this, taken this job yet given that he's a junior, he's been here for three years, and uh, he's somebody that you think in Ryan Day's system that already uh, kind of, you know, take the reins and, and is the starter. So um, at this point, and again, I, I obviously haven't seen the, the, the two practice, and they would know more than me. I like the idea of rolling with Devin Brown, man. He's a younger player. Seems like he gives more of a of a, a threat on on the ground, and uh, he was going to wear number thirty three, which is sick. I saw that. So that was so fucking weird. <laughs> it's going to be really it's going to be really sick to watch quarterback uh, number thirty three. It's like a linebacker uh, playing so, quarterback. Yeah, it's James Laurinaitis out there. Oh fuck, playing, that's playing right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, it does concern me, man. Like I, I, I'm glad that we're not getting Notre Dame right off the bat. Um, because I think that I think that'd be an issue. Well, didn't they do uh, this um, years ago with after they won the national championship and um, yeah they were they, roll, did. they were rolling with Cardell Jones and um, JT not JT Barrett. Uh, Cardell yeah, Jones and JT yeah Barrett. JT Barrett. I'm sorry. And they have Braxton Miller as like their uh, ex. He moved to receiver. Yeah. 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 But I, I think that's different, right? Because those those are two proven players. I mean, JT right. Barrett obviously had proven he, you know, was great as a freshman. He won uh, offensive player of the year in the Big Ten, and then obviously uh, Carlo Jones is coming off a championship, so sure. it's a little different uh, in this situation. And that's Ryan Day, man. And obviously, the you're throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka, it, it shouldn't be uh, hard to uh, you know have a good passing attack. There's going to be some growing pains, especially behind a, a young and shaky O-line. And, um, I don't know, man. It, it just makes me a little bit nervous. And I'm glad they're, like I said, I'm glad they, they're not starting off with Notre Dame week one. They get uh, at Indiana, which I think could be closer than we think. But then Youngstown State, Western Kentucky before Notre Dame. Right. Um, so we'll see, man. It, it's a tough schedule. Uh, it's not we're not we're not Michigan we're not Georgia over here like this is a tough schedule we got at Notre Dame Penn State at Wisconsin is a tough game we haven't even touched on them yet and uh, obviously Michigan at the end of the year so my concerns I do think if you have two quarterbacks you have one so um, yeah I don't think they're gonna roll I don't think they're gonna go with the two quarterback system I just think I know they don't I, I doubt they do. I would be extremely surprised. I think he's just eating up the clock and he's taking up as much time as he can and just, 
he's gonna I mean he's gonna squeeze every ounce of each of them out and just you know we I don't know I I'm not worried about the play or a quarterback uh, decision I think it's a, it's a good choice either way you can't go wrong with either guy I prefer Kyle McCord but I'm not upset if it's Devin Brown and I, I'm not worried that it's taking a while to announce I'm not we're gonna see it should be it should be really interesting to uh yeah see how it works man yeah, and re- and before we you just touched on Wisconsin, I, I want to talk about them. But before we pivot to them, I'm tired of. I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. Okay, so if I if I start coasting, you know, re- reel me back in. But the floor, the floor is yours, brother. I'm tired of this narrative, and it's been a narrative as an Ohio State fan for many, many, many years, and really as a, a Michigan fan, where if you can't beat Michigan. Or if you can't beat Ohio State, your job is, quote, on the line and your ass is in the hot seat. I don't want to hear any of that from the Ohio. I've heard way too many Ohio State fans, including ones that are very close to home, say, oh, Ryan Ryan Day's 2-2 against Michigan. Um, Like, if you can't beat the team up north... You can't find like I'm tired of that. He's 29 and 0 against the rest of the Big Ten. He's 45 and six since he took over in 2019. Like he has six losses, and they're all two elite teams. Two of those losses were to teams in national championships, or two to teams that won a national championship. One played for a national championship. Two were to a Michigan team that ended up in the playoff. Like. And another one was to an Oregon team that played for a Pac-12 championship that that year. So it's not like we're he's losing to some bums. Okay, yeah, he's he's 500 against Michigan, and we're we were spoiled by Urban Meyer dominating that team for many many years, and Jim Trestle before him. It, it, it's pissing me off because no, I, it's it's a it's obnoxious I, to hear, and I'm sure Michigan fans, I I get it, you know, I I get it. That's the only the only like part of me that will sympathize with them where I, I'm sure for years in and years out you know they, they they heard it if you can't beat Ohio State get them out but I'm tired of that dude Ryan Day is one of the best coaches in America and I'm sick of Ohio State fans telling me that his job is in jeopardy like he's lost as many games in the last four years as Nick Saban he has the exact same record in the last four years as Nick Saban and I understand Saban has sustained success but like he has more wins than Dabo Sweeney, Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly, and Jim Harbaugh in the last four years. I'm tired of it. Dude, I, I could not agree more with everything you said. And you're right. There's this, like, segment of Ohio State fans that, like, I get it. don't get it. No, like, I understand, like. I get it. Right. It's I like, don't. I, do, I actually don't get it because, like, like, listen, Ryan Day is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, like there are situations in the game where he fucks up, whether it's the play calling, Correct. whether it's that. Correct. Do you realize how spoiled you are as an Ohio State fan? This type of offense, year in and year out, to develop like it's. Look around. Look at Alabama last year. Like that was Bryce Young and nobody else helping him out. Yeah. Right? I mean, look at Clemson. Just fell back down to earth. They, they were horrible. Their, their offense was pathetic. All right, and this is a this is a this is a program that had Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence 
and Taj Boyd before that who was really good. Yeah. And they just fell off a cliff on the offensive end. If you have Ryan Day, you're always going to have an elite offense. 100%. And I think that was spoiled. That that That's kind of lost upon Ohio State fans. Um, just how good this man is on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and I get, like, so they – so, like, the urban thing – and first of all, uh, Ryan Day is the, the best offense, offensive coach Ohio State's ever had. Correct. I agree with you 100%. Um, the Urban thing, yeah, Urban dominated against Michigan. And Urban's a great, great, great coach. Okay? Great coach. But there was some slippage at the end of Urban, right? And that there, there were some duds on offense with Urban, too, at the end of the time. But I get it. Urban dominated Michigan. Michigan wasn't good. Michigan is not what it is now. So you can't you can't use Michigan as a barometer. Michigan is substantially better than they were during the Urban and Trestle years. We're also in a different era where if you go 11 and 0 and you lose that one game and you finish 11 and 1, you're not making or you're not going to play for a championship. Right? We're past that. Like so that's why I get where like people are like oh my god he can't beat michigan like he's gonna cost us like i i understand that to a sense but like i also want everybody to understand like okay i don't i i don't know i don't want to keep going on because it's like i'm not saying it's okay he loses to michigan i'm not i'm not i'm never i those two losses these last few years were arguably like two of the worst days of my entire life (laughs) that might be an exaggeration but like (laughs) It's it's also not like if you know me, you know like you you just know, right? So I'm not saying yeah. it's okay, but it's like look at the body of work that this man has done for a program like that didn't need any help, right? It, they were already up on a pedestal, and he put them on another pedestal, in my opinion. Dude, the recruiting has not fallen off, a, a, even with NIL and the problems they had initially with that. Um, with like the whole program itself, yeah, not falling off at all at recruiting. They have like the number, the number, definitely number two. I think they might have jumped to number one recruiting class. As of year. right now, it's number um, one. Yes, number one. Yeah. So, and here's the thing: like nobody wants to beat Michigan more than me, more than you. Like we we want to beat Michigan, but also I want to win a fucking national championship. Correct. Okay. Correct. So I'm not my like I don't want a coach that's only focused on beating Michigan. Yes. Because I want to go to Georgia, and if you just watch that Georgia game. I can't. Stop watching, like, right at the end. I can't. I like, cr- watch I that Georgia game. Ryan Day is fucking ass off in that game. And yeah. dialed up play after play, attacking downfield, just scheming guys open. Yep. Beautiful to watch. It was absolutely beautiful to watch. You're not getting that. I'm sorry, like, Mike Vrabel, great coach, phenomenal coach. I'm going to come there and scheme against Georgia like that. Yeah, we're going to be tougher. And I mean that's Mike Rabel. He's a top ten coach in the NFL, but he's not going to recruit. He's not going to recruit like Ryan Day. So it's just fans seem to be spoiled sometimes. And I think there's a segment that just doesn't like Ryan Day for some reason. It's because he um, loses. He's 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 five hundred against Michigan, man. And that narrative just. I'm tired of hearing that narrative. I'm tired of. Well, I I could go. All, all day on this, and uh, I could too. Which is why, which is why we're gonna acknowledge it now. We said, we said our piece. 
we have one more team in this conference that I want to talk about before we move on. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. I need it. I feel much better. I, need, I, <laughs> I feel. <laughs> I needed that. I needed that. I'm glad we're aligned on that, though, because yeah. and, and, it's and so again, frustrating to see that. I care. Or we care. We want to be Michigan. Yeah. Okay. We do. But there's more to it. Okay. Wisconsin. Let's transition to the Big Ten West. Wisconsin. Luke Fickle now at the helm. Bearcat legend, I would argue. 57 and 18, which I had no idea he was there for seven years. I saw that the other day, and I was like, what the fuck? 57 and 18. Yeah. As his... It made me realize how old I am. Absolutely. Being at the Tommy Tuberville years in college, and it's like, holy shit, he was there for seven? Yeah, it's fucked. Fucking years. <laughs> I'm old, man. But, uh... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he, he, he's got his, uh, his dream of coaching, uh, being a head coach at a Power 5 school. Um... Big Ten West has never won a Big Ten championship or hasn't won a Big Ten championship since 2012, which was uh, Wisconsin. But, um, yeah, man, he's taken over a program that offensively last year made my eyes bleed. Um, Quarterback play was abysmal. They're bringing in Tanner Mordecai from SMU, who is an instant upgrade. You know, two years at SMU had 7,100 yards and 72 touchdowns to only 13 picks. Uh, Quarterback rating of... Oh, an average of hundred of one fifty three per season, and um, yeah, we know what they're going to do on uh, defense. Best defense in the Big Ten up there with Michigan. They're going to compete nationally with that, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for Luke Fickle, man. I think I think they'll have I think they'll win the Big Ten West this year. I do have Ohio State playing them in the Big Ten championship, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to see I'm excited to see what he does. He's got a good quarterback too, which is good. You kind of hit on it uh, with Tanner Mordecai coming over, which should be such an upgrade, and it's going to help um, with the uh, new offensive scheme they're running. It's going to put emphasis on really attacking downfield, and and uh, they're not. It's not going to be the old Wisconsin. It's not going to be the old Wisconsin, right? And running the ball uh, down your throat and, and struggling to throw with Graham Mertz. Out to to Florida, by the way. Uh, we'll get to that during the SEC preview. But, uh, yeah, man, they're going to be uh, – I think they're going to be really good right away. I think Luke Fickle has, has earned the right as a, a head coach to uh, expect a success right off the bat. What he did at, at Cincinnati was phenomenal, and uh, he's going to do it with more talent, uh, and more talent based in the Big Ten at Wisconsin. So, um, again, I mean, this is the this might be the conference of running backs, man, because Braylon Allen, and we talked about Michigan running backs, we talked about and state running backs, we talked about Ohio State running backs – but Braylon Allen, uh, you know, there's an argument he could be the best of the bunch. Um, and I know I've said that for about everybody, but that's how loaded the, this conference is at running back. So, you know, this team is going to be it's going to be really good, and I think uh, I think it comes down to them or Iowa in the West. And I don't think there's uh, like the I think it's a two horse race in the West. Look at Wisconsin's schedule. Yeah. Um, they get they get Iowa and Ohio State at home, and they should probably win every other game. Um, and I'm 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 pretty high on this team as well. So, Even Iowa, they should win. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they should they should win. That Ohio State game is going to be big. Of course, that's a night game. You know, Ohio State always playing on the road at night just to appease uh, 
the uh, networks. You know, it's the, it's the cross we bear, apparently. Uh, yeah, man, I, I think Fickle has a chance to turn this team around right away. A really, really poor season last year, but uh, I think they have the right right man at the helm for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm really excited to see what he does. Um, I really, I really enjoyed watching his UC teams. Um, obviously, his calling card was uh, was defense, and he's he's coming into a really good one. So he doesn't really have to do much uh, much retooling and restructure there. So I'm excited to see what he does. And you talked about Brand, uh, Braylon Allen. I really really like him. So and a uh, fun fact before yeah. we uh, before we say goodbye to the Big Ten. The last four seasons, when rushing for at least 190 90 yards, take a guess at what uh, Wisconsin's record is. When rushing for at least 190 yards. Yep. Um, I'd say they're probably 35 and 10. 22 and one. In the, oh. la- in the last four years, six and zero oh last year, when running for. Wow. Uh, 100 or uh, 190 yards. Was a little too big. <laughs> but he got a little, little too excited. Oh, there. last four years. Last four years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I was like thinking back to like Melvin Gordon years and shit. Gotcha. He was running for like 300 yards. Yeah, I was at uh, that uh, Big Ten championship game in 2014 with Melvin Gordon when um, Cardell Jones. It's Nebraska. Oh, the Ohio State game. The Ohio State yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 42, 42 nothing, 49 nothing. National championship year. But, uh, sir. Who who you have one in the Big Ten? Do you have Ohio State or do you have Teton? Uh, well, I have – I or, think there's going to be – Or Penn a, State. Yeah, I think there, I think there's going to be a three-way tie. There could be a three-way tie between those three teams at 11-1 and one to represent the East in the Big Ten championship game. Um, I think that's a real possibility, but, you know – I thought I was as, about as unbiased as possible during this segment, and I'm going to pick Ohio State because <laughs> I'm fucking not picking Michigan. No, and, fuck uh, that. And we fucking own Penn State, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm picking Ohio I'm, I'm picking Ohio State well, er, also, and uh, Gates and I were both on Marvin Harrison Jr. to win Offensive Player of the Year, and then I'm going to take uh, Cooper DeJean, or DeJean to win um, Defensive Player of the Year. He's a DB from Iowa. He's a DB slash kick returner. He had five picks last year. Three of them were for uh, touch. He took them back for touchdowns. Um, he's a ball. Yeah, we haven't. He's a ball hawk, man. Yeah. I don't. I, he's even, he's the only bright spot for Iowa, in my opinion. I just. I mean, they're gonna have a good defense. They always have a good defense, and they do have the best quarterback they've had. Uh, yeah, they just got someone. Um, Cade McNamara. Yeah, that's right. Transferred from Michigan. I knew it was a Big Ten kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think he's very good, but again, he's no, but he's better than <laughs> fucking he's, Helen he's an Keller for sure. So um, I think if you if you want to get spicy with Wisconsin at plus nine fifty, they win the West, and then at that point, you just need to win one game. Yeah, I got um, I got Ohio State over uh, Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship, and um, we're gonna talk about it here in a little bit, but um, I do have two Big Ten teams, including Ohio State, in the. Uh, in my playoff, so I'm excited to uh, talk about that a little bit. I, I think I do too, and I and uh, it's going to be a different Big Ten team. Yeah. I think if you guys could already guess who it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll have two separate teams, but uh, yeah, that'll be. F- I'm I'm excited to uh, to talk about that here.
I think I think uh, not to step on it, but I think we're gonna have that same conference conferences in the in the playoff. I think you're gonna if I had to guess, I think you have an SEC team, two Big Ten teams, and then Pac-12 team. I don't know. I may. I don't know. We'll have to find out <laughs> at the end. Good tease. See how it is. Hey friends, Austin here. Just wanted to thank you for checking out part one of our college football extravaganza show. And also let you know you can find all of our previous episodes on Spotify at Take4Take. Check us out on Twitter, Take4Take underscore. Let us know who you think is going to make the national championship, who's going to make the playoff, and what kind of underdogs are going to make some noise in the Power 5 conferences this year. In the next episode, we'll touch base on the Big 12, the SEC. We'll give our Heisman finalists and even preview our national championship matchups. So until next time, as always, peace. Peace.